When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. Morning now, everybody. Welcome into the show. My name is Daniel McCarty. Grant Elliott is alongside me. Justin Marshall to join us in just a second or two. Grant Elliott, wildly overdressed for Saturday Sports Show. <laughs> My God, you look amazing. Mate, I always dress up for the Saturday session, don't I? Best part of the week. I know that everyone's sitting by their transmitter radio on their app, the SENZ app. Brilliant. Yeah, you, brought the blazer in. blue sort of... What, not tweed. Yeah. Not tweed. Is it? I don't know. It's you just, don't know. You know? Yeah. But it's, it has been a sad week for me. Yeah. I should be wearing black. My poor uh, beloved dog, Chester, we had to put him down. Oh, that is yeah, wrenching. Really sad. So anyone that knows they've had a dog in the family um, really does become part of your family. So it was a sad moment during this week. Poor Chester, not even two years of age. So, yeah, really sad. Um, Mr. Chester. Yes, to Chester. One yeah. for me and one for my homies. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. No, does is. this mean you does this mean you want us to be extra nice to you this week? Uh no, no, you can carry on. Okay. I mean well we've got to try and fill the space then, don't we? If you're not roasting me. You need to be roasting me. Yeah, Grant Elliott is alongside me. I'm Daniel McCarty. Justin Marshall. Uh, this is all part of the Saturday session, of course, but it is the uh, Re Super Rugby Fan Show. Uh, can't wait uh, to get your contribution. You can uh, text in double eight double three if you've got uh, a question or a comment that you want to put to Justin. Here is your chance. Double eight double three. That is our text line. We'll get to some of those as we progress. But Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Let's welcome in the former All Black halfback and Sky Sports commentator Justin Marshall. Justin, welcome to the show. Yeah. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning to you, Grant, and um, obviously all those listeners out there. Uh, yeah, a bit of a funny old week, hasn't it been, for, for rugby and um, sport in general? S- keeps throwing up all sorts of equations at us, doesn't it? Yeah, there were two things that popped into my mind. Um, firstly, did New Zealand rugby get it wrong, leaving the bubble in, in Queenstown? But cat's out of the bag, you, you can't put it back in. And two, you would have had a rare Friday night off, Justin. Great but, week but for you, you, Justin you Marshall. Were at, you weren't at school last night. What, what, you wouldn't have known what to do with yourself. Well, look, I did, um, but, but I, I was travelling um, yesterday, so although I wasn't working last night, I was making my way towards the game, uh, which is tonight in Auckland. So, yes, I could relax a little bit and I could uh, have a beer in the Corrie Lounge and um, not, not have to worry about the ramifications of that. So it was quite nice to have a quiet Friday night, but it did feel a bit eerily weird, to be honest, knowing that you know that the, the draw that was supposed to be was no longer uh, and Super Rugby yeah. has taken this massive hit again. Um, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you about 
the decision to pull the teams, I think probably most people, when they made a comment about that, would have said, okay, well, if they're going to um, allow people back into areas where there is quite significant spread uh, and these guys are released from bubbles, because obviously living in Queenstown, I saw how restricted they were. Look, hey, geez, if you yeah. tuned into any of their social media, uh, they were all out playing golf um, and uh, swimming in the lake and you know really enjoying Queenstown and what it can deliver, but all that was within a team environment. So they weren't mixing at all with any of the public or any families, and because of that, they were well contained. So I think uh, it was inevitable, really, that once they were released from those bubbles, uh, that it only takes one, um, and that one person, when you're in a contact sport, is going to have yeah. a big effect on everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. The, the players will be crying out, though, Justin, to stay at Jack's Point next year again, though, won't they? Is that where they were based? <laughs> well, I tell you what, there's been one, there's what, there's been one um, person that I know that has had a massive benefit of them being out at Jack's Point and the ones that decided to go play golf, and that's been my son, because he has now got himself a very profitable business of selling golf balls, because when you play that course... <laughs> You lose a lot of golf balls. He's been out there at night in his gumboots collecting golf balls. And I heard from him this morning, he just sold 150 to somebody. So they must have lost a hell of a lot when they were walking around there the four weeks they were down there. Crikey, whoever he sold those golf balls to, give up the game. <laughs> it's, golf's not for you if you, lose, if you need 150 new golf balls. It's a great business, Justin. You must actually tell him to go to Royal Troon. We were, we were up in a New Zealand A tour, and we, um, we stayed at a bed and breakfast there at Royal Troon, and all these Americans yeah. would turn up and just pump Pro V1s um, off the <laughs> tee box straight into the rough that they couldn't find. So if you want to send him to Scotland on a little OE, there's gumboots. That would be the course to go to. Get a lot of Pro V ones there. Yeah, well, unlike the, the unlike the, the the wealthy cricketers, mate, that the rugby players were using Pro V ones. I'd like to know what do you like in the Coru Lounge? You get people coming up to you trying to speak to you about the nuts and bolts of the game, the X's and O's, or you, you you've got a hat on covering over your eyes, going to sleep, leave me alone. I'm just having a quiet ale trying to watch. Oh, look. I... I usually do, and I actually really enjoy it because it's good to get just a little bit of uh, banter going before the games, and people are just generally interested, um, you know, what the game is and who's playing and who's not, and it kind of puts you in the zone, to be fair. Um, but, look, in the last, look, two years, honestly, the sociability of being able to do that has been massively hampered because, yeah. obviously, you're, you're, in a, you're in a mask. It's all, it's, it's bloody awkward. Let's be honest about it. I know why we're doing it. It's, it's a necessity, but it does make that general conversation and recognising people really difficult. You, you get people coming up to you and you're like, they go, oh, hey, how's it going? And you, it takes you time to think, who the hell are you under that mask again in those um, glasses, you know? So, yeah, um, look, I usually did quite like it. But, again, it's been just a, a, a situation of, of the current climate that we live in. So I just had a pretty cruisy day um, coming through you know, yesterday to Auckland and um, – yeah, I had pretty much the, the, the day to myself, really. Bit of a loner. Yeah, that, that's the whole uh, mental wellness of the players as well, isn't it, Justin? I mean, you know, part of the, um, the bonuses of, of being a professional sportsman is the travel and the sociability that you have with teams and not, not just your own team, but opposition sometimes, as long as it's not Australia. 
and um, you know, you know, being able to travel around and and enjoy those travels and the places that you go to. So players are generally confined to their hotel and within their own group, and it's something that we we definitely seen a huge impact. And and teams are going to have to adapt in the yeah. future. Well, yeah, look, you're absolutely right, Grant, and. I think it's it's very well documented. Now, the, the All Blacks last year, end of year tour, was a difficult one, and yep. off the back of a difficult season, and by their own admission, not a successful one. And and I think we all saw that. Uh, yes, they 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 were still playing, you know, with the pride that we'd expect of any All Black who puts the jersey on. But for such a long trip away, off the back of going straight from Australia, uh, I certainly know that the places that they visited when they had the opportunity to go to Ireland. Um, and, you know, you've got the culture there. I've been able to go down to, to a local pub, which I first experienced in 1996 and just never will forget the first time I toured there. John Hart allowed us to go down and we went down to a local pub and we just turned up and all of a sudden there was 30 pints of Guinness being poured and there was an Irish band playing in the corner and you got a real feel for the culture and, and it was just fabulous. Uh, you go to Rome and you got to walk around the Colosseum yep. on your own and have a look around the Spanish Steps and the Trevi Fountain and do what you do. The All Blacks had, I don't know, I think three quarters of that team had never been to some of those places and they didn't get mm. to be able to socialise like that. They got told a couple of times, yeah. going to see the Colosseum, be on a, be on a bus and at this time. Um, and it was really restrictive. And mentally, you're right, that has... Uh, and it has this compounding factor of I don't have any freedom, I don't have any individuality, and I certainly think that was a big mm. part of the reason they were unsuccessful last year. It didn't help them anyway, put it that way. I just need to gather my thoughts. I've seen the worst leave in Test cricket history uh, that has led to a weekend. It's incredible. It's quite incredible. We're here, we're here to talk rugby, specifically Super Rugby, with Justin Marshall, the Reese Super Rugby uh, fan show here on SENZ. There's not a whole heap to pour over from Friday night, Justin, due to these postponements. Uh, we're going to go to Australia and catch yep. up with our Kiwi-based uh, Australian rugby journalist, uh, Sam Worthington, as we break down the Australian conference in more detail. But we can ask you about what we saw um, between the two heavyweights so far this season in Australia, the Brumbies and the Reds. It was, uh, well, there, there were some real moments of quality, more so in the first half, I thought, Justin. Real typical arm wrestle in that second is, is what Grant and I sort of uh, reflected upon when we discussed it a little bit earlier. What, what did you make of that game that the Brumbies ultimately got up and won by just four points at home? I think you, you, your discussion was very accurate. It was, again, the two heavyweights, as you mentioned, of the competition, um, flexing their muscles, uh, both of them going along with good momentum. Uh, but the rugby that we've seen coming out of Australia, the way that the Drew have been playing, um, the way the force have come up to speed this year, and and obviously the, the only sort of real disappointment has been the, the quality that the Rebels have been uh, producing. But in general, the rugby's been good to watch, yeah. and it's been, it's been full of tries. But last night, um, I guess the, the the occasion and perhaps the significance of it and the grudge match um, just got to the players a little bit, and and that can happen, you know. They, and I agree, there were some mm -hmm. moments that of really good rugby, but in general, it was a bit of a struggle to watch. Lots of penalties, uh, lots of bad discipline problems, um, you know, the odd mistake due to pressure that doesn't usually happen. A lot of turnovers and just not great continuity. So it, it was a good game to watch in terms of a contest because it was a contest and yeah. it was a contest on the scoreboard right down until the 80th minute but 
in general, the rugby quality went missing. Um, and sometimes that can happen in big matches where the players, for whatever reason, um, lose a bit of their ability to express themselves. They worry a little bit about uh, the scoreboard and subsequently the game suffers. And I certainly think that happened last night. But still very good to see there are some uh, some individuals uh, that Dave Rennie will be really impressed with going around uh, Australia at the moment that continue to play well week to week. He must be really impressed with the way James O'Connor's playing. Um, you know, when the, when the Quade Cooper uh, phenomenon happened last year, uh, obviously, and James O'Connor was injured at the time, he had re-established himself, and then Quade Cooper got that jersey. I think Quade Cooper's very much close to being the Form 10 in, in the competition at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um uh, unfortunately, McDermott wasn't playing for the Reds, so um, Nick White didn't really have anybody to test himself against. But the, the battle in the midfield um, was really good. You know, Posami's playing really um, well. So, you know, outside backs as well was very good. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I thought it was good. Probably a good um, one for Dave Rennie to watch and a good one really yeah. in general for the Brumbies to win. Well, I'll throw to you, Grant. you got a question for Justin. I was going to ask about James O'Connor. He's answered that for me. Yeah, in the 29th minute, uh, Justin, one of the things I always wonder with this flatline defence is the grubber kick. We saw how effective that yes. was. Like, why do teams not use that more often? Yeah, it's a good point, actually, Grant. And uh, I think it was Simone that put the, the kick through, doesn't it, for right, the winger. Um, and the execution was perfect. And you're absolutely right, because that's a zone where everybody has to be up, basically defending in the line. The fullback or the halfback usually sweep the field in areas sort of from the 22 going forward. But when you get closer to that goal line, nobody really utilises the in goal line uh, like they do in rugby league. So you then just sort of fill your place um, in the line. If you're not in the line, you're a metre back from it. So there is always space in behind there. But there's this always this mentality in rugby that, you know, in that pressure zone, when you've got the opposition backed right against your try line, you don't run out of tackles like you do in rugby league. You can put together 30 rucks if you want to, if you're good enough with your ball discipline. Whereas in rugby league, mm. you know, you get to that fifth tackle. If you turn it over there, um, so it's a way to get the ball back. So I think that's a mindset thing, but we certainly need to look at it more. And the reason that that happened was it's under advantage. Um, they were under advantage for indiscretion at the line out more. So they kind of rolled the yep. dice a little bit, Grant. And um, I certainly think that we should, or the players should think of that more particularly under advantage. Remember, you know, a few years ago when Falau was a phenomenon, they bought him from rugby league. Australia and um, the Waratahs were using him for that cross kick uh, a lot. Yeah. Mm. Um, where it's just one-on-one with a winger. So, yeah, there certainly shows evidence that it can be used and not always under advantage. You know, if the opportunity is there now, because what you do is force a goal line dropout now that the laws have changed. Is the reason why the backliners don't use it that often is because they know the forwards are going to have a crack at them? <laughs> yeah, well, look, the, the forwards will always want to to, te- to to test themselves and score in one of those 30 metres tries that they tell you about in the dressing room after, which is actually yeah, only yeah. half a metre. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very much that mentality, isn't it, that... Um, the, 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 at the best of times when there's been a bit of hard work done, uh, the forwards don't like the ball being aimlessly kicked away. Now, if it's yeah. accurately yeah. kicked, then they have a, a bit more sympathy and understanding. But look, 
I don't. I certainly think that that was more than a 50-50 play. He obviously spotted the opportunity. There was a chance to go back for the penalty, and there are more instances of that being available in the game that should be utilised. So you've you've actually done really well to spot that, mate. Good, 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 good analysis. You did watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, he's, he's very stressed about his rugby knowledge, but uh, I'm trying to trying to pump up his tyres. You, you know, you've got two eyes. You've got a brain, mate. You, you, I was a, I was fine. first fifteen captain of the mighty yeah, Saints to the team that lost ninety six eight to Uffies in our first game. He was Andre Joubert light. I understand, <laughs> yeah. uh, Justin. Who, who you'd appreciate what a player he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, no doubt about that. So yeah, you, you kind of. Don't have the flowing locks of him, Grant, but you've you know you've got your own <laughs> other rugged look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we uh, do know that the Chiefs are up and uh, up again, up against mm. uh, Moana Pacifica. I'm really excited to see Moana Pacifica again for the second time. Uh, um, hugely um, significant uh, game for them. Uh, the emotion of the first game, well in the well in the rear vision mirror, actually seems quite some time ago. But let, let's firstly talk about the Chiefs, who of course got up, Justin. Uh, in Saturday night's game last week, which we haven't had a chance to speak to you about, 24 points to 21 over the Crusaders. It was a bit of a toss of the coin, wasn't it, as we were making our predictions. We felt it could go either way. It's fallen the way of the Chiefs. Uh, and the Chiefs now are looking to, to build on the momentum. But, boy, the, their squad's being stretched now, isn't it? I think this week the, they'll be using players um, up to number 39. 39 players in four games. Extraordinary, really. Before we talk about stretching their squad in this weekend's game, how did they put the Crusaders in the end as far as you're concerned? Oh, look, I, I just thought they matched the Crusaders' patience and resilience. You know, the Crusaders are a, a side that just don't go away. And they, the game might be outside of their reach and then they will find a way back into it. And then they have this relentless persistence of just applying pressure after time, um, making you defend or be in the wrong areas of the field and they basically just grind you down and if they don't grind you down that way they'll hurt you with their scrum or their line out that is incredibly powerful for all the firepower they have in their back line so they, they're very methodical in that way and they believe in their fitness which has always been a big part of the crusaders culture that no no team will will, will be able to uh, run the 80 minutes uh, as well as what they can and so you, as a team that goes down to particularly Christchurch and tries to win there, you know that you've got to match them in that area. And, and matching them probably won't be enough. You've got to better them. And I thought that the Chiefs did really well to stay in the game when the Crusaders had their moments where they just look unstoppable. Just after half time was one of those where they just went up 40% in tempo. And they, the, the try that Enor scored, and it was just like, oh, yeah, okay. They've had a bit of a, a rocket at half time. And the tempo, the offloads, the precision was just like oh my god here they come um but the chiefs stayed in the fight and then when it was time for them to counter punch they just showed incredible patience then they, they spent nearly 12 minutes and they only had three and a half minutes um at half time inside the crusaders 22 they they spent another like nine and a half something like that inside the crusaders 22 in that second half and most of that was in the last 17 or 18 minutes and they ball security was incredible the crusaders tackled at 90 percent like for 200 yeah. and nearly 50 yeah. tackles that's incredible that's incredible so they they outpatient patience the team that usually wear you down and force you to concede you you know you're in there for 11 minutes and you come away with nothing you're here 
drops. You turn the ball over to the they never turned it over, they never missed a ruck clean out. And when they needed to execute, all the passes hit the hands and were finished. And they thoroughly deserved to win. I was super impressed. They're, they're a tough nut, that Chiefs side, because mentally they won that battle against the Crusaders, and no one really ever does that. No, you're down 11 points with five minutes to go. A lot of other sides sort of mail it in, don't they, Justin? But they yep. keep peppering away, and patience is a good word. Scoring very nicely down that left-wing side, and, what, 80 seconds after the 80-minute mark. Sometimes mm. that's how, how how far you have to dig to beat the Crusaders. So uh, the Chiefs against uh, Moana Pacifica, what are we expecting for this one? Well, well look, what, what, what I think is this is really astute coaching from um, Clayton McMillan. I, I think... What he's done is he's seen uh, the, the ramifications of the round being cancelled. Now, obviously, there's been a conversation. Um, Moana Pacifica have been through their, their COVID crisis. That's why they missed the first three rounds. So they're safe. Obviously, the Chiefs have got some infections. But the dynamic of it is because they missed that game earlier on in the season, that, that was a make-up game that um, Clayton McMillan's always going to have to find somewhere in the season. Now, that puts massive pressure on the squad so what I think he's done is he's rolled the dice and said you know what the longer the season goes on and the, and they've got this you know they've got the Crusaders and the Blues and all those teams to play again um, the longer the season goes on the, the, the harder we will start to suffer with injury and you know um, fatigue uh, it's not going to get any easier we've got an opportunity to play this game now we know they're fit we're reasonably fit and I still think we can put out a side to win this game and then later in the season when they say, oh, you've got that makeup game with Minor Pacifica, it's already been played. So he's got an ace up his sleeve, whereas the Crusaders and Blues, who have missed their, um, uh, and the uh, Hurricanes and the Highlanders all have those makeup games that they're going to have to plop, it looks like play on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, which will, t- which will be massive stress. Two games of super in a week, probably for two weeks at some stage. So I think... The side that he's put out, when you looked at Sawakula still there, Vai'i, Ritalik, uh, Weber, Gatlin, um, Nankadal is still there, and, and some of the spots they've filled with the likes of, uh, let's say, Jonah Lowe, uh, Poihepu, who was excellent off the bench last week, Caleb Tras, who's a very good accomplished player at 15. I think, I, think he's, I think he's got it bang on. I think he can still win this game. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's a really shrewd operator. I think he's a really shrewd... Yeah. Yeah. I, what was his line during the week? And That's I'm paraphrasing here, Justin. You know, yeah, but um, your plan you come up with today can look like utter crap tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of what yeah. Clayton and McMillan said during the week. And you know, um, it, he's embracing. He's embracing it. And and I completely understand where you're coming from, Justin, because you, you're telling us in some way, shape, or form that it's just going to be horrific burden on these players playing mm. two, three games a week. And if you can, you know, alleviate that. Uh, you, you'll reap some serious benefits, maybe in the I closing think, stages of games. Yeah, and I think, sorry to interrupt, mate, but I think the other side of it, to, to throw it in there, is is also, after their first half performance, Moana Pacifica are going to be a lot more of a handful than what many people thought they were. Their preseason game, they, when mm-hmm. they got thrashed by, I think it was, was it the Blues? Or the Blues. Um, everyone thought, oh, yeah, here we go. They're, going to really struggle. I think they got 50 put on them. But their performance against the Crusaders and what they showed, all of a sudden it's put everyone on notice and they're thinking, right, that's no longer a, a, bank, a guaranteed bank bonus point. That's going to be a tough night at the office. It's going to be physical. It's going to be hard. So their performance, I think, has changed the mindset. 
as well. So again, I think that's made Clayton McMillan think, I think I could put out, if he didn't have the Retallics, the Webers, the Gatlins, the Jared Lowe's, you know, some of his, the Retallics, some of his big firepower players, I think he would have said, no, we'll play it later in the year because they're too strong. But I think he thinks this side is probably going to, if they play well, be good enough to win this game and win it now rather than later in the season. All right. So, Justin, I mean, there's going to be wholesale changes to the Chiefs. Now, one thing that I note is that total new front row pack will we'll, we'll pack down yep. this week. You've got Ollie Norris at loosehead, Bradley Slater at hooker, and Sione Mafilio, um, who's, who's yep. going to be packing down a tight head. Now, I would have thought that that front row is something that, irrespective of who you're playing, you want that continuation and that combination to, to be right. Is, is it a good time to, to rest them as well, you think? Yeah, look, that's going to be important. But, and I totally get you, you know, you need that synergy. And when you've got that synergy, then the tight five all work in unison. And you get that. Because it's not just, when you look at the, the front row, people think, oh, yeah, he's, he's not a great scrummager. There's more to the game now. There's more balance to it. You know, they don't just scrum and push uh, anymore. Um, the, the, the props and front rowers in general, because they're asked to do a lot more. You know, there's, the lifting process as well. You know, when Brody Retallick's lift, getting lifted and he gets his timing, he wants those guys to be on point. You know, they've got to be ready. They've got to know his movements. You know, two steps forward, one step back, bang, you lift me, you get get me up there. You know, and if they get it wrong, he doesn't get above his opposite. He loses the ball. He'll be pissed off. So there's all that that comes into it as well. So when you make changes, you've got to know that those players work with their other um, men around them in the type five too. So I think probably... Uh, the, the one thing that um, they, they were going to always struggle with a little bit, and I thought they were pretty good against this, uh, uh, the, the Crusaders, uh, minor Pacifica, is is probably up front. And I think probably what Clayton's has thought is that I think, you know, they're still good. Um, are still a good front row. Bradley Slater's been in and around the All Black mix. Mafalio is very, equally a very good um, uh, tight head prop. And Ollie Norris, I think he's, he's comfortable that he can let the other guys have a week a weekend off and refresh and still have that parity at least up front. Make our predictions. There's not many uh, predictions we have to make this week as far as oh the competition, Justin. I last week. <laughs> we're, we're a bit mixed. We're a bit mixed, <laughs> weren't we? We're a little bit mixed, fair to say. Um, the Chiefs win, though, right? The Chiefs win. 100% sure. Oh, so that's two from two here in Wellington. Justin Marshall, the voice of reason, the actual expert amongst us. What say you? I'm not so sure, but after just what I've said, <laughs> but I'll go with you guys. <laughs> but, um, it's going to be tight. They've made yeah. a good side, Minor Pacifica. It's going to be tight. They have. But we'll go, we'll go with the Chiefs. All right. We'll lock in Chiefs, Ben. We'll lock in Chiefs. Uh, brilliant stuff. Hey, Justin, we'll get you out on this one. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes. Because there aren't too many other games to uh, dissect, and with all due respect to the Waratahs and Rebels, I'm probably going to avoid that one like the plague. I'm, I'm happy watching the highlights for that one. I'm all about the Drua at the moment, and they should thump the force, in my humble opinion. But with so few games, it gives us a chance to go down into one of my favourite games. Way too early to talk about the All Blacks, but I'll talk about the All Blacks uh, in July. I know you've watched a whole heap of the Six Nations too, Um and, of yep. course, you're right across Super Rugby. Are there any new names that are starting, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say it again, starting to emerge, starting to emerge as international-caliber talent out of Super Rugby 
Pacific, as far as you're concerned, Justin? Oh, I certainly think that some players really are, you know, excuse the cliche, putting their hand up, and, and that's good to see. You know, the established All Blacks have got pressure on them this year after a pretty lacklustre season last year. So yeah. they'll be extremely motivated. But look, uh, Cortez Ratama, I thought was he's a very good prospect at nine. He really is, and that's a you know that's a far cry from where we've been in our and halfback stocks, but. I've been really impressed with him, so so keep an eye on him. Um, there's no doubt that like young, uh, the likes of young Tane um, Plumtree and Sam Derry, um, you know, that they're, they're the they're the future um, in the game because you know the White Locks and Retallacks and those guys aren't getting any younger. So we've got to make sure that we keep um, increasing those um, stocks. Uh, I've certainly been impressed with uh, Samasoni Takiaho. Oh man, at, at hooker. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, the way that he's playing the game is, gee, man, he's just got some power, and uh, he's been very impressive. Um, I still think that Lester Fai Inganuku must be in the thought process of the selectors, um, and I think you know, again, I'm really pleased to see the fact that uh, Anton Leonard Brown, after a pretty average season last year with injury, and that is is, is combining with Quintu Pia really well in the centres. Uh, and in general, just a big, big battle on in the loose forwards. You know, you got Ethan Blackadder who had a standout season last year. You got Dalton Papalihi, um, but one that really interests me, and I don't know where he's at in terms of qualification and eligibility, is Peter Gus Solakula. Holy moly, man! That guy is for the last two, three years been outstanding. And at the moment, we've got a seven playing eight for the All Blacks, uh, and. Sam Kane um, is playing great rugby again, which is great to see. So there's some big challenges there, but a genuine number eight who runs off the back, Sour Cool is my bolter already early in the season. Yeah, he's he's a really, really talented player. Really talented player. Oh, yeah. um, and and probably in his peak, 27 years young, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, now might be the time. Yeah. Grant's got a big smile on his but, face. But I just, I just him, love bro. how my host is getting fizzed up about the All Blacks already. Well, Can I ask you a question yeah. about All Blacks game in July? Yeah, I know. As I, as I, as I described it, the way too early to Mate. talk about the All Blacks, but let's talk about the All Blacks. It is, Mate, it is the already, week to do it, Grant, isn't it? Yeah. Look, hey, I'm already plotting how we're going to beat France to win the Rugby World Cup, so I'm, I'm putting those players in the mix now already. Big game this weekend too. France going for the, uh, the Six Nations um, title and for the Grand Slam. Um, and that's on in the morning and uh, against England at uh, at Paris. What a game that's going to be. Holy moly. Eddie Jones. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. And and, yep. and like Justin, smart rugby minds like myself, uh, Grant, you know, have been on France for two or three years after seeing the potential at the last World Cup. Well, like their, their quarterfinal elimination after a stupid red card. You, you have to say, though, Justin, they've had a good run. I mean, for their last game to be in Paris against England, you'd say that's a pretty good draw for them. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that has gone missing out of the French, which is a big worry for the world, is their inconsistency. Yep. That French inconsistency is gone. Now, just week to week, they turn up. Uh, so there's no, oh, there was just one of those days for the French. That's not there anymore. Every day is one of those days. So they are a real dangerous side. I, I actually think, Justin, they've been quite consistent for eight or nine years. For four or five of them, they were just crap. Yeah, um, they yeah. they were consistently bad uh, by their very lofty standards, but they they are certainly on track for sure. Hey, Justin, it's always a treat to chat. Thanks so much for dropping by. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you next Saturday. I know you're back with Rick Dog tomorrow. Have a great call tonight. 
I will. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Grant. And thanks all the listeners. Tune in tonight, man. It's going to be a belt of a game. The Chiefs will have to work hard to beat mine Okay, looking forward to it. Justin Thanks, Marshall, Justin. former All Black halfback and Sky Sport commentator, always on this program from 10am for half an hour. He'll be back with Rick tomorrow to dissect that game. Uh, yeah, we are going to lock in the Chiefs. It's Moana Pacifica. Or are we? Are we going to change our mind in the ad break? We'll officially um, update the uh, Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition as well. Find out how many of you are still alive in the competition, that is. You're all alive. Because uh, you're listening to us right now here on SENZ. It is 29 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Great to have your company. This is the, the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Back after this. Reese Super Rugby Fan Show indeed here on SENZ. Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott, and Reese, driven by quality. Reese works for you. Right, time for tipping. Well, we tipped our. Um, hand a little bit earlier, didn't we? Justin Marshall uh, offering great advice. So we've gone the Chiefs. I'm looking around at Grant Elliott, Ben Francis too, producer extraordinaire. Do we have any buyer's regret of that pick? I, I'm starting to doubt myself already. I, I'm with Justin. I think it's a tight one, but I, no, no, I'm going to stick by it. I think the Chiefs get up. I think the Chiefs get I up. I think we have to, but then his last comment, and we're so lucky to have Justin Marshall on the show. I mean, you know, his expertise and the great questions that we ask him as well. Um, certainly better questions than you asked him at Lords when you first met. <laughs> certainly was. But his last comment was, I think it's going to be a tight one. And I was like, oh, no, do we go for the Chiefs? So, ben, what are we doing? Well, we've got we've got the Chiefs down, but 96% of people on the SNZ tipping comp have actually gone the Chiefs. So if maybe if we want to make up some points, maybe this is a game we take a gamble. Oh, oh, no. Oh, well, speaking of making up points, how did we go last week? Pretty well. We got last night's game. We got, we got the Brumbies. Uh, Beating the Reds, thanks to, to Ben. Yeah, we, delivering. And we got the what margin, Craig, too. We did, too. We got yeah. a four-point margin. How good. So we get extra points for that, don't we? Yeah. Um, that, what I will so say, though, got, fellas. We got, we got 16 points from that one. Well, well done. So that takes us up to, wow, Grant, dizzying heights. Because you're an Everton fan. Yes. Yeah, like mid, the, mid-table? No, no. They're not even. They're not no, mid-table. No, I'm saying that. We We're mid-table. Oh. We're mid-table mediocrity. We are 1,015th. Out of 2,158, of That's course. Oh, granted, we, we did forget to actually put in a few picks. Yeah. Those Friday night games for a one, you know, once a week show on a Saturday, we get a little bit distracted, don't we? We do. And uh, yeah. you guys didn't start off. I'm just jumping on the back of this team, by the way. But you didn't start <laughs> no. off well by forgetting. Now we're organized. Ben Francis is on the case. Yeah. But what I will say about that Moana Pacifica game is that they haven't played for a while. The Chiefs have just come off a win from the Crusaders. Yes, wholesale changes. But you'd have to say that there's some really good vibes going on in the Chiefs after beating the Crusaders, irrespective of yeah. these wholesale changes. And the nature of how they won, too. So um, to win those games coming from behind, yeah. momentum oh. is, a, is, a, is a thing, isn't it, Grant, as you often tell us? Let's jump on momentum. Okay, so we're sticking with the Chiefs. Though I don't think we'll be shocked if they don't get up a... All right. Um, what about the Super Rugby fan? Oh, Super Rugby fan of the year recap. Uh, let's uh, update that. All right. So the Reese Super Rugby fan of the year, five thousand bucks up for grabs. Right on this one, five thousand k. Good luck to everyone out there. Even Ben Francis, who's entered under many pseudonyms. <laughs> Ten entries. Yeah. We know he has. Yeah. Uh, we started off with 1,949. We went down to 1,054 and then down to 610. And last week, we got under 500 grand. Uh, we logged in at 489. And now this week, slice off another 140. Another 140 are gone. You're out. You're out. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. 
We have 349 of you still alive in the competition. So 349 of you are still in the running for the chance to win 5000 bucks. Thanks to Reese Plumbing. Good luck uh, with all your tipping this weekend. Uh, we're going to take a, a deeper dive into the Australian uh, side of uh, Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, we'll do that with Sam Worthington, uh, Kiwi-based, no, sorry, Australian-based Kiwi Juno. Um, the he is the up, Sam Worthington. The Sam, not the Sam Worthington. No. He's my favourite Sam Worthington. For me, he used to be a um, journalist for the Dom Post. Yes, correct. Oh, I remember. oh dear. I remember. Oh, have you got access to Grind? I remember oh, Sam God, Worthington. This could be awkward. Back after the break, it's 21 minutes away from 11. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. You're listening to the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show on ECNZ. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. I'm Daniel McCarty. He's Grant Elliott. The show, in association with Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Let's dig a little bit deeper as to what's been happening in Australia in this uh, competition. A heavyweight matchup last night with the Brumbies getting up by four points over the Reds. Hurrah for our tipping. We picked that margin exactly. Uh, we have got uh, Aussie-based Kiwi rugby journo Sam Worthington, my favourite Sam Worthington on the planet, uh, joining us. G'day, Sam. Morning, gents. How are we? We are very, very good. It's it's great to have you on the show. Oh, well, you, you've got the nerve to be here, Sam. You've been preying on Wellington for the last decade. You barrack for Auckland. You've been preying on Wellington. You've been opening us up for a long time, causing turmoil within our cricket club, Grant, declaring our team well before it needs to be declared. Right, you don't even play anymore. You need to is get it, over the fact you worked for the Dom and wrote accurately about your crap Wellington teams for all those years. Is that the gutter journalism that you want to be? Where's this Auckland angle no, coming from? I'm, I'm quite perplexed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sam. No. Uh. You me for being Australian, but not uh, not Auckland. That's a step too far. Guys. No, that, that, is, that is very true. That was a little bit below the belt, wasn't it? I was just about no, to Sam. Say, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, listening to your commentary during the T20 World Cup, uh, we get get the app over here, obviously. So I was um, I was loving your commentary there. So there's uh, there's some nice things to say about you. Oh, he's always <laughs> no. I'm just I'm just having you on, mate. I'm just quoting the <laughs> AFL coach Beveridge. Yeah, they're... just seeing seeing where you got that from. But you were great during our time in Wellington. Fantastic <laughs> journalist, and it's great to have you on the show, mate. We miss you in Wellington. Yeah, look, I'm um, actually in the process of booking uh, the next flight back um, now that now that we can. So looking forward to getting back to Windy Wellington. Well, enough of this mutual masturbation society going on here. Let's actually talk about the Australian competition. Uh, how's it going, Sam? I, I just wanted to speak in general terms about the quality of it, um, that the talent on display, because you know Australian rugby is in a rather interesting position overall, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's pretty interlinked to I guess what's happening in New Zealand as well, and it, it's just been so messy with with COVID, um, the, the, the comp in the last couple of years, but. Yeah, look, they are making some some strides, I think, from being what what we could all see was a pretty low ebb, um, you know, maybe two three years ago. That the, there's some some slow strides being taken with some of the younger players, particularly at the the Queensland Reds, then them turning themselves around, and now at the the Waratahs, of course, the two biggest clubs here in Australia, 
starting to turn themselves around after some some pretty lean years. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shame last night because we've seen some really, really high-quality games between uh, the Reds and the Brumbies in the last couple of seasons, like right up there with with some of the best Kiwi derbies. Um, But they they didn't reach those heights last night, unfortunately. Um, Brumbies coach Dan McKellar, um, yeah, by his own admission, said that we've played some classics uh, in the last couple of years, and that that was wasn't one of them. So, yeah, the intensity uh, and physicality was there that that was on display last night, but uh, not the accuracy or, or skill level, unfortunately. So, yeah, the Brumbies uh, got got some revenge for their their losses in the last couple of years and in big matches, big finals to the the Reds, and they're the only unbeaten team left, aren't they? After the the Crusaders fell over, so. Yeah, I think clearly the, um, you know the Aussie teams are under no illusions that uh, this is um, you know a, a lesser a lesser standard comp that they're playing in at the moment before they uh, have to start taking on the Kiwi teams. Um, but yeah, you've, you've basically got two two strong teams, the Brumbies and the Reds, and then the Waratahs trying to sort themselves out, and then and then obviously a couple of yeah. weaker clubs as well. Yeah, the Waratahs trying to sort themselves out. Are they? I know they're two from two. Uh, two wins, two losses, so two from four, I should say. Um, boy, yeah. they need a strong Waratahs set-up Australian rugby, don't they? Yeah, it's one of those cliche things that we, we sometimes talk about in New Zealand as well with Auckland um, and, and, and Canterbury, depending on, I guess, um, where your perspective lies. Uh, but I, I think it is certainly true for the market over here. Um, you know, It's always been the... The best breeding ground for for players, Sydney. Um, you know, it's still quite a quite a vibrant club competition that they have over here, and that's what the new yeah. coach Darren Coleman has been able to tap into a bit more. He, he he's come out of that system, and, and he's you know picked some of the better players and coaches out of that, and there's more of a connection here with um, yeah, well, with having having those two competitions aligned, I guess. So yeah, look, um, after literally not winning a game last year, the, the Waratahs were a laughing stock, um, but they they are. Um, moving in the right direction, I think clearly they they've got some some good young kids there and and, and playing with spirit. More importantly, that they're, they're not going to embarrass themselves. I, th- I think they'll um, you know once they come up against the Kiwi teams, we'll we'll see a lot more competitive matches than we have seen in the past. Hey Sam, well, what do you think the Fiji and Drua brought to the competition this year? Mate, they've been awesome, haven't they? Um, yeah, like just just a, a real breath of fresh air, and I think everyone had been been calling for it. Moana um, Pacifica, unfortunately, just haven't had any luck with with COVID. Um, they'll yeah, hopefully get to play their second uh, game later today. Um, but yeah, look, but the Endura for for a team that's been you know cobbled together, they were initially going to be based in Suva, of course, and now they're based in Lennox Head of all places. You know, a very random set of circumstances that that COVID throws up. Um, so they're based up there in, in northern New South Wales with uh, Mick Byrne, the former All Blacks skills coach, doing a really good job with them. I think Glenn Jackson, the, the former mm. Waikato um, player turned, turned referee, he's involved in their coaching team as well. And yeah, they, they're just, just playing with uh, all of that, uh, I, I guess, verve and, and passion for their country that they've got the hymns going before the, the game. Yeah. And then um, yeah, the, the likes of Benaya and Bosi, the, the speedster out there, um, yeah, they've already, of course, uh, claimed a scout with the Rebels and went, went so close to knocking over the Reds so close. last week. So they're, they're well, well ahead of schedule. Yeah, but there's positive signs for sure, eh, Sam, which is great to see. Uh, mate, thanks so much for joining us.
All right, we're five minutes away from 11 o'clock. That was the Reese Plumbing Super Rugby Fan Show in association with Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Our huge thanks to Justin Marshall. Bravo. Wasn't he brilliant? Uh, our thanks to Sam Worthington for being a good sport. His <laughs> got some old issues off his chest. All very playful, Sam Worthington. Uh, out of Australia. We'll get him back on in a few weeks' time when we actually start getting these crossover matches with uh, New Zealand up against Australia. And my apologies, Sam, for cutting you off and firing the ads um, before saying a proper goodbye. Uh, we are heading towards the top of the hour. Uh, the Saturday session to follow. We're going to talk some rugby league. Gary Belch is joining the program about 11.40. Uh, but we've got plenty, plenty for you including our Legends Chat with Rebecca Rolls. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.